0: It's so good to have you with us this morning. Thank you for joining us. As we begin today, we're delighted to share the news that the venerable John Lomas, Archdeacon of Wrexham, has been appointed the new Bishop of Swansea and Brecon. So I'm sure you'll join with me in congratulating the new Bishop-elect and praying for him as he begins his new ministry here among us, Croeso Escob, a very warm welcome to the Diocese. As we begin our service today then, let me pray the special prayer of the Church, the Collect. Almighty Father, whose will it is to restore all things in your beloved Son, the King of all, govern the hearts and minds of those in authority, and bring the families of all nations, divided and torn apart by the ravages of sin, to be subject to your just and gentle rule, who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen.
1: A reading from Jonah, chapter 3. Once again, the Lord spoke to Jonah. He said, go to Nineveh, that great city, and proclaim to the people the message that I have given you. So Jonah obeyed the Lord and went to Nineveh, a city so large that it took three days to walk through it. Jonah started through the city, and after walking a whole day, he proclaimed, In forty days Nineveh will be destroyed. The people of Nineveh believed God's message, so they decided that everyone should fast, and all the people, from the greatest to the least, put on sackcloth to show that they had repented. When the king of Nineveh heard about it, he got up from his throne, took off his robe, put on sackcloth and sat down in ashes. He sent out a proclamation to the people of Nineveh. This is an order from the king and his officials. No one is to eat anything. All persons, cattle and sheep are forbidden to eat or drink. All persons and animals must wear sackcloth. Everyone must pray earnestly to God and must give up his wicked behavior and his evil actions. Perhaps God will change his mind. Perhaps he will stop being angry and we will not die. God saw what they did, he saw that they had given up their wicked behavior. So he changed his mind and did not punish them as he said he would.
2: A reading from Mark's Gospel, chapter 1 from verse 14. Now, after John was arrested, Jesus came to Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent, and believe in the good news. As Jesus passed along the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, follow me and I will make you fish for people. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. As he went a little further, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John who were in their boat, mending the nets. Immediately, he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men, and followed him. O God, help us to listen to your word with understanding, to receive it with faith, and to obey it with courage. For Jesus Christ's sake. Amen. We've started the kingdom season, the first run up to Christmas, a time when we start thinking of God's rule, the kingdom of God that Jesus announced in that gospel. But you might wonder why the story of Jonah comes into this. It's a great story. God told Jonah to go to Nineveh and preach against it, And Jonah thought about it and remembered that he didn't like Nineveh. Nineveh was the great city of Assyria. And Assyria was fierce, tyrannical, ruthless, bloodthirsty, the empire that threatened him and his people. And so the last thing he wanted was to see Nineveh saved. And he thought at the same time that the Assyrians might do some very nasty things to him. And so he set off in the opposite direction as fast as he could. You'll know how the story goes. He had a whale of a time. And eventually he repented of trying to disobey and, even more stupidly, escape God. And so we come to today's first lesson. Jonah is told again to go and speak in Nineveh about repentance. So rather defiantly he does. In 40 days Nineveh will be destroyed. He may have enjoyed that sermon. He may have enjoyed it rather too much. And then the Ninevites repent. They believed Jonah. Oh, it's not saying that they became total believers of the one true God, but they took the warning seriously and they changed their behaviour, at least for a little while. And they fasted and God, gracious and forgiving as all ever, was pleased and decided not to punish them. And Jonah was absolutely furious and he went into a king-size sulk. He sulked because he didn't like those people. And he sulked because he had said they were going to be destroyed, and it wasn't going to happen, and it made him look a bit foolish, well actually more than a bit. Foolish. Well, that's not the end, but it's a great story and one that we can enjoy. You may want to look it up. It's the number five of the minor prophets at the end of the Old Testament. But I think there's more to it than just a great story. The Gospel reading that I've just read tells of Jesus announcing the kingdom of God and gathering disciples. At this stage, there's not an awful lot of detail. And there's a certain danger that we say, oh yeah, kingdom of God, heard about that. Disciples, yes, of course. But these are not obvious ideas. And explaining them to someone else, you might find yourself struggling a bit. So maybe we can pick up some hints from the story of Jonah. For example, what is this Kingdom of God? Well, it's not when Jonah hears God, recognises that it's God, and decides to do exactly not what he's told to do. Then again, the Kingdom of God is not when Jonah sulks because God's decided to be merciful and he'd far rather see people get what he'd said they were going to get. On the other hand, the Kingdom of God is rather more like the time when the people of Nineveh get the message and do something about it. They amend their behaviour, they take note of God. And I suppose it's about half when Jonah, rather bad-temperedly and angrily, actually does what God had told him to do and goes off to Nineveh and delivers his message. So that's a bit about the Kingdom of God. The other bit is about Jesus gathering disciples. Now, it does seem quite likely that before Jesus said, come and follow me, they'd had a chance to hear him and maybe understand what he was saying and what he was doing. But you know very well from the gospel story that that following of Jesus was by no means the end of the story. In fact, it's about the beginning because they have to learn too about what God's rule means for them and those around them and their times. What's it going to look like? Well they may think they know and probably they've got a fair bit of it wrong. (laughs) So do we. We quite easily get our ideas of God and what he wants wrong and like those disciples we make plenty of mistakes and some of them look a little bit like the mistakes Jonah made. We hesitate at taking risks. We rather want to look good. The sulking that Jonah did when it seemed that his message wasn't going to be put into action and he might look a bit stupid is not entirely foreign to us. We don't want either to have to work too hard or to be in danger of suffering. So, as we start to think about God's kingdom and how it might work, even in places like Gorsainen and Lacha, be careful not to behave like Jonah. There's no place among Christians for the desire to see others hurt, humiliated, or wiped out. God will sort out what justice requires in every case but always with mercy. Given a chance God would rather forgive, reconcile and restore. That's the sort of God he is and if we're to be his people we have not only to learn that about him but to Become like that ourselves. Jonah had to repent of his disobedience. In his case, literally to turn around and make the journey he'd refused to make. Yet, he doesn't seem to have enjoyed God's mercy. Because when his enemies repent, he is annoyed and sulky. The book ends, you can look it up, with a slight uncertainty about whether Jonah is going to get the point and come round or whether he's still in his temper. So be careful. Our God is just and merciful. His kingdom is founded on things like justice and mercy. Jesus deliberately forgave those who tortured him to death. He looked for reconciliation and sets us to do the same. That's the glory of the kingdom, a thing of great value, but not an easy thing.
3: Almighty God, King of Kings, we give you thanks for your rule of justice and love. May all who call themselves Christians be united in your truth, live together in your love, and show your glory in the world. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. At this time in the church's year, we remember Jesus' announcement of the Kingdom of God. We give thanks for all those who have gone before him, and teach us of your character. Show us the way of living through which we can honour you and your purpose, bringing real justice and making and keeping peace. Through this way, let us respect you and our neighbours, serving the interests of all. Particularly at this time, we pray for those attending the COP26 meeting and aid them in coming to resolutions to tackle the climate emergency. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for for your church. At this time, we ask for your blessing on our new bishop that he may wisely and with compassion lead us through this difficult time of change. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for our local churches that at this time of the pandemic and change our meetings, which are growing in number, may become beacons of hope to all of our community. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Bless our family and friends, the people that we love. Help us to love them in the way that you do and be ready to serve both friends and strangers For Jesus' sake, Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Hear our prayers for those who are ill in body, mind or spirit, to give them courage and hope in their troubles and bring them to the joy of your salvation. We commend to your safekeeping those who have died and all who mourn. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord Jesus, as we look to you as our King, help us to understand more about living as your people, obedient and ready for service, waiting for your return. Merciful Father, accept these prayers for the sake of your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen.
0: Well, can I thank everyone who's taken part today, Andrew and Jill and John for leading us in prayer this morning. I hope that you've been encouraged and drawn closer to Jesus. As a new week begins, remember that we are always here for you. If there's anything you need, then we would absolutely love to hear from you. Please do get in touch. We're always at the end of a telephone and always praying for our wider community too. That includes you. As a new week begins, let me pray God's blessing upon us then. The peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in the knowledge and love of God and of His Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be upon you and remain with you always. Bendith du hortelthiog, tad ma bakasprid glan, avonich pleith. Akadrigo Gadachim Vastad. Amen.